Thank you. Welcome to our Husker football show for the week. Delighted to have offensive coordinator Marcus Satterfield with us for the entire hour. If you want to fire off a text into the program, 402-413-2400. Happy Halloween. little disappointed you didn't keep your costume on from last night. <laughs> Mike Myers, is that who you were last uh, night? Jason Voorhees. Jason. Yeah. Is that your favorite horror movie? Uh, I was able to put a mask on and not say a word to anybody and act like I was a scary monster and just kind of take 30 minutes to sit there and watch all the uh, the kids going in and out. It was a pretty cool little event, though, that yeah. Miss Rule, Julie Rule, did last night. That was, uh, was She never you know fails to amaze us with just the events and the coordination that she puts into these things. It was awesome. Our players were there. They got to see all the kids and interact and get trick-or-treats and act like kids themselves. So it was a good... Good night, good start to the week. Sure was. Well, congratulations on the win over Purdue, 31-14. A lot of things went well. I know there's things to clean up after every game, but your thoughts about the way the, the offense performed, particularly in that game on Saturday? Uh, there's always, like you said, things that we have to clean up. Obviously, the you know the, the one thing that we're at war with is turnovers and not turning the ball over. And, uh, you know, we're going to attack it relentlessly every day until we get it fixed. But especially, you know, the majority of them are coming from the quarterback position. Just, you know, crazy things, dropping snaps, exchanges, uh, just crazy, crazy stuff that can be easily handled if we take the responsibility of carrying the ball the right way. So, uh, you know, coming out of the game, you feel good that, you know, your young wideouts, I'm really pleased with them and their development. You know, we didn't throw it a lot and they, they, didn't, they never wavered. You know, they kept getting better and better as the game went on. Uh, watching Malachi Coleman block on the perimeter is something else. Uh, now there's other two are watching him, and they're trying to you know match his intensity. So it was fun to watch those guys play, how hard they played, and for Jalen to get the touchdown, uh, and for Jaden to get the third down conversion. Uh, I think that's a, a, a good sign for us moving forward in that room. I can't wait. You know we're gonna look up in a year, you know from now, and be like, holy cow, these some good players right here. You know, and I think that it's, it's huge that they're getting to play right now. The story all week was having to replace three starters on the offensive line all got hurt in that Northwestern game. How'd that group do? Oh, they did well, you know, and that's, that was a, we were talking before the start of those defensive ends Ooh. for uh, Purdue were really talented and uh, posed a lot of, uh, you know, problems for us. But our guys, they held up, uh, worked as a unit, uh, developed a nice little plan, our coaches did, uh, to help them out a little bit in some pass protection with some, you know, some chips and stuff, Ty Hahn and, and Alex, we're, we're doing a masterful job as wideouts. They're going in there and knocking those guys around and helping with some pass pros. So uh, I thought they did a really nice job. And I think that, you know, could did we leave some rushing yards out there. Just, you know, some pressures happen and occur. They did. But I'm, I'm pleased with that group and their continual development, even though, you know, with the ups and downs of injuries and, and guys moving in and out of spots. It seems to me like you, you made it a conscious effort early in the season to give Henry some snaps. You gave Justin, got some in the jumbo package along with Teddy, that now pays off, right? Because they've been on the field and they've been out there. Yeah, it's huge. The amount of jumbo that, you know, those guys got to play, I think, was uh, instrumental in them being able to go in, you know, especially with Justin two weeks ago going in and snapping a football and then going and playing guard. Yeah. I think that was huge for his, uh, you know, just his psyche to go out there and be able to perform the way he did. Justin's, how would, how do you feel about him if he has to go play center? How's he handled that part of it? Great. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a you know that's a, that, that is the hardest position to play in my opinion, even more than quarterback, uh, for what we ask those guys to do. Uh, I think he's ready. You know, I think he's he got he's, we we've gotten him tons and tons of reps. You know, the way that coach practices, uh, we maximize everyone's reps out there. So he's got a lot of reps at center in the, in the spring and in the summer, 
uh, and then, you know, up until, you know, through the season. So I think he's ready if his time, you know, if, he's, if his number is called to go play center, he'll be ready to roll. You mentioned some of the, the looseness with the footballs at the quarterback positions. I think Husker fans, though, have certainly learned that your quarterback's pretty tough. I mean, he took some hits last week, the week before. He's, he's, and the way style we're playing right now, he's going to take hits, right? He's a tough kid, isn't he? Super tough and super competitive. And, uh, you know, he's fun to watch. He's, he frustrates you at times because he's still, you know, very uh, – he's early on in his development of playing quarterback. But, I mean, he's just – he'll do – he'll run the proverbial brick wall. He'll run through the brick wall for this program, for this offense, for the, his teammates. He plays like that. And, like you said, the, the style of offense that we're playing right now, I think, he, you know, he fits – fits the mold for us for what we're looking at, you know, looking for, for in the quarterback position. He's now just got to do a better job of taking care of the football. And it's, it's not even really bad decisions. It's just some crazy ball handling, ball security, you know, type things that, that we have to get fixed. Where has he improved the most in your, since you got here in January? Uh, the confidence. I think the confidence and, and just the confidence and belief that he can play quarterback. You know, you hear him talking all the time when he first started, I'm, you know, calling himself, he said, I was, he wasn't a prototypical quarterback. And you know, I got after him for that. Like, what is a prototypical quarterback? They come in all shapes and sizes. You know, he's got really good arm talent. You know, he's, he's got an unbelievable mind. He's one of the smartest kids or young men I've ever been around. He loves the game of football. Uh, everybody in the locker room knows who he is. He's got leadership. Uh, he he can lead offensively, defensively, special teams because he knows everyone in that locker room. He doesn't just go and, you know, he's a social butterfly from that aspect, and that helps with the leadership part. Uh, you know, just like you said, just the toughness he plays with. I think that, you know, from where he was in the spring to where he is now, just the overall just globally playing quarterback, snap counts, calling plays, understanding situations, Went from, you know, four-minute when we fumbled at Illinois and he wasn't behind the ball carrier. You saw him in four-minute the other day chasing the ball, making sure if the ball did come out, he'd be there to jump on it. Just, you know, just layers and layers of development each, you know, each and every day, each and every week. The um, coach made the comment on Monday's press where he goes, he's got to learn when to throw it away. Yeah. And that's part of it, right, too. He probably wants to make a play. I'm not sure he saw the kid one of the times, but that's part of the growth, right, knowing when to – just toss it out of bounds and let's take the next snap. Yeah, I have no idea how he didn't see it. I mean, the guy was right. Like, that's what we're asking. Like, how in the world do you – I mean, he's right in front of you. Yeah. And he's one of the best players on the field. And you're it's, there's nothing. There's not like, a, you know, someone blocking him. He's just standing there. And so, Heinrich was trying to motion and get Alex to turn up the sideline. He was trying to, you know, on a scramble drill. And the guy got him pretty good, busted his lip up. And he's still you – know, I asked him the other day, I was like, can you eat solid food yet? It looks like he had, had to eat out of a straw with his lip, kind of busted up. So, But like you said, he's a tough kid, and he just you know, shrugged it off. Had to go in the tent for a second, shook the cobwebs off, and back out he came. 402-413-2400, the number if you want to, to fire off a text question for the coach or any, if you want to do one in our chat room. Shane in our chat room wants to know why you've gone to the press box. Uh, just – I was in the press box for a long time, and then last couple of years I went down on the field just to be around the quarterbacks. I've been around some quarterbacks I hadn't had for you know a substantial amount of time, so just to be with them on the field, look them in the eye, make sure they're good, uh, and just you know I about did it two weeks ago just to go up there and just kind of see everything, calm everything down, you know, get away from the the ruckus of the sideline, and just just hit me. I didn't make a decision until like Friday. And the after uh, Friday around five o'clock, and I was talking to coach. I was like, "I think I'm going to the box." 
He's like, oh, cause it's going to be cold. And I was like, well, Good subconsciously, answer. subconsciously, no. Uh, but I think it's, you know, it's better. I can see, you know, Coach Rule's so unlike a lot of coaches, right? And, you know, be careful what I say. And unlike a lot of coaches, he's got his hand on everybody in the program and has a relationship with everybody in the program. It's not like that everywhere. So yeah. I can go to the box and the offense can – be doing some weird stuff and he can call them up and talk to them and make sure they're good and at every position or as a unit and you know get things turned the right way and so when you have that on the sideline as a coordinator then you know you have no worries just go up there see the game uh, from a global perspective where it's calm unemotional and, and try to score some touchdowns yeah I was going to ask you about the weather if that factored into your decision <laughs> I heard the rumor that that was going around the coaches meetings yeah um, who becomes Besides Coach Rule, who's really valuable to you then down on the sidelines when you're upstairs? Is there somebody you lean on down there to go, hey, go go convey this message for me? Or, or? Yeah, Coach Raul, you know, yeah. he's, you know, his his presence down there, uh, you know, really, really rely on him a lot for to relay messages. But then just, you know, I rely on him a lot. Hey, what runs do we want to get to? What are you seeing? How can we adjust this uh, protection? So he's really good at, at seeing all that stuff. Have a lot of direct communication with him. Crypto King in the chat room, Coach. What what can we be? What can we? What can be done to stop the turnovers? I know that you've been scratching your yeah, head on that. Yeah, yeah, it's frustrating. I can only imagine. You know, I I grew up a a college football fan, and my team would do stupid things like that, and it would drive me nuts. So uh, it's driving us insane, and uh, we're working at it to, to make sure it gets fixed. Like we know that with our defense, if we don't turn the ball over, we have a chance to win at any game that we play, and we just hate ourselves right now. We just keep just putting it on the ground, and and it's frustrating, but it's uh, you know being addressed, and it's something that we're going to get fixed. You know, relentlessly working at it every minute of the day. Denny in Omaha for you, Coach. Early in the year, Liebentritt played quite a bit and was effective. We haven't seen him much lately. Uh, his role, you know, he was banged up a little bit yeah. uh, with the elbow. And uh, I think his role, you know, will start to, to grow a little bit each and every week. He had a really good practice today. Just got out of the meetings this afternoon and was showing a clip of him uh, blocking a defensive end today in one of our team periods and snapping the guy's head back. So he's getting healthy, and I think, you know, his role will start, you know, getting etched out in our offense as we finish out this season. Yeah, he was out a couple games. He's been back maybe – I know he played like a two little games, bit Northwestern. Yeah. yeah, Purdue. Husker Mike over in Des Moines for you, Coach. What are some of the standard metrics that you and Coach Rural put in front of the offense per game, yards rushing, yards per rush, passing, third down conversions, et cetera? Uh, you know, we want to be anywhere from, you know, 42 to 46% on third down. That's winning third down in today's football. We want to rush the ball for 200 yards. We want to rush the ball for 75 of that 200 in the fourth quarter. We want to score 70% touchdowns in the red zone, which we've got to get a lot better at that. Uh, and then, you know, people all the time ask, you know, being balanced, like you've got to, you know, ultimately there's going to come a time in every single game where you have to run the football to win the game, and we want to be elite at that. And then there's going to be times where you're going to have to throw the football to an elite level to win the game, and at some point we've got to become elite at that. So, uh, you know, I don't know if that's the question. I don't know where that, that statement of mine just came from. I may have went off into another world, but uh, the, per, the numbers I just gave you, that's, those are the kinds of ones we look at offensively. Okay. Going back to Liebentritt, that was a pretty good late fine. He transferred back from Notre Dame, grew up in the Omaha area. Those are kind of nice little surprises, right? When you get somebody like that that falls kind of into your lap. No doubt. And he's such a great kid or a great young man and is so smart. And, you know, he's just a man, you know, and you get those guys that are 
are, are tough football guys with great brains and understanding. They can do a lot of things for you. He was not, if I remember, he was not here during spring, right? He got You guys got him in the summer? Yeah, he came like in June. Yeah. Yep. And that's obviously pretty bright to be able to pick the offense up pretty quick and help you out. He was out there, I think, week one when we played up in Minnesota. He was playing games. Yeah, he was. I mean, he's, he's played a lot of, you know, been around some good football coaches at Notre Dame, and, uh, you know, he knows a lot of football. So it was an easy transition for him. Jeff in Omaha for you, Coach. Uh, does the offense spend more time working on your own things during the game week or watching opponent film preparing for what that defense does? Uh, early on in the week, we're, we're trying to fix our issues, fix ourselves, you know, and as the week goes on, like, you know, today was first and second down, tomorrow's third down with a little bit of red zone, then Thursday we walk through and we kind of finish the red zone, short yardage, goal line, and then Friday, we call it fast Friday, we're back in pads, playing as fast as we can, uh, not really hitting, but playing fast and, and going through our scripts and our plays and stuff, so uh, this time of year, especially, you know, towards the end, a lot of, you know, you're, you're, you've been practicing a long time, so a lot of a lot of sl- maybe slowing it down just a little bit, some walkthroughs and stuff, help uh, with the game plan uh, later on in the week. Folks, contact eight one one two days before you dig to protect your underground utilities and yourself. It's free, it's easy, and it's the law. I was kidding you earlier about the weather. How much as windy as it was Saturday? How does that factor into your play calling? Obviously, you had two quarters with a pretty strong wind at your back, and then you were going into that wind for a couple quarters. Uh, it's huge. I mean, you walk out before the game, and you try to figure out which way the, the wind is blowing. Sometimes it's swirling. You can't, you know, there's not a direct path of which it is. So uh, it's huge. Like, you know, a lot of decisions of when you win or, you know, when you win the toss or you lose the toss. Like, are you going to take the, are you going to take the win in the first quarter and start fast? Or are you going to take the, to win in the second quarter and know that you're in a two-minute situation and may need it to kick a field goal, and then vice versa in the second half. You know, so a lot of decisions are made on the wind. Uh, and, you know, just I think it just depends on whether you have the ball or not, or you know how you're playing offensively that day. Would you have held maybe hold a play like the one to Lloyd, the, the quarter, one of the quarters you have the wind at your back, or could you have run that even going the other direction? I think we could have ran it going the other direction, uh, but we were very conscious, you know, before the game. We knew we were going to run that play. Yeah. And uh, just talking with coach in the in the locker room, it was like, hey, you know, don't hold it. Don't you know, we don't ever want to hold a play and not maybe not get it called. He's like, but let's think about you know when we're going away from the locker room when we're going. You know, towards the old locker room, that's that's when we'll have the wind at our back. So, you know, whatever quarter that is, that'll be a good time to get that called. Very good. Folks, keep those texts coming, 402-413-2400. That is our Woodhouse Auto Family Hotline. They are your trusted auto partner. 20 brands, 20 convenient sales and service locations. We're making car buying on your terms. Visit us online at woodhouse.com. More with the coach coming up. Back inside our Acres Broadcast Center. Acres is the Midwest premier John Deere dealer supplying the equipment and service to advance agriculture and much more Acres solutions for every field. It's our football show for the week. The offensive coordinator Marcus Satterfield with us until the top of the hour. If you want to fire off a question for Coach, 402-413-2400. Last two games, Emmett Johnson has drawn the start at running back. How has he graded out? Uh, he's doing well. He, uh, you know, he's he's one of the guys that we've really started using our third down, you know, protections and two-minute end-of-game situations. And, you know, he's just that reliable guy that you know he's going to be exactly where he's supposed to be. Uh, nothing flashy yet. I think he's got the potential to, to become flashy one day. But he's just going to carry the ball, protect the ball, and get yards. 
Dustin out in Sydney, out in the Panhandle, says, Coach, we appreciate all your hard work. When you talk to recruits, what do you tell them about the future of our offense? Uh, I think they just have to do the research. I mean, they can, you know, we're, we can tell them whatever we want to tell them. They just have to look back and see what it's looked like in the past. And uh, I think understand that, you know, if they come here, obviously, if you're a receiver, we want to throw the ball. Uh, if you're a quarterback, we want to throw the ball. We want to run the ball. We want to be athletic. We want to have offensive linemen that can pass, protect, and run block. We want running backs that can catch the ball, run the ball. Uh, you know, we want tight ends that can do a little bit of everything. Uh, but you're looking at, I think you, this year you're watching a staff do whatever they need to do, no matter what, to win a game. And that's kind of what we prided ourselves on since we've been together you know, for over 10 years is if it's rushing for one yard and winning two to nothing on a safety, we'll do that. You know, If it's throwing for 400 and putting up 50 points, we'll try to do that. But whatever it takes for us to win, you know, we're going to figure it out and, and do it. Not a bad thing to be leading the league in rushing. No, that's good. I mean... That's, that's Again, it all comes football. it all comes back to take care of the football. Right, know? right. Just take care of the football. You mentioned the tight ends. Thomas Fedoni back in the end zone again this past week. It had been a few games since he'd scored a touchdown. How about his progress? Young man coming off a couple of knee injuries. Where Where's he at in his game in your eyes? Uh, I think he keeps getting more confidence. I, I think early on that was the big hurdle was just to, you know just to get out there and play. And you know he hadn't played a lot of football. Uh, you know, and coming off the two the two knees. Uh, just to prove that he could do it, you know, and they they were okay, and he could move and still, you know, be a, a mismatch athletically and size wise. And I think, you know, after he made that catch at Colorado where he jumped up, and it was, I think, from that moment on, he just keeps getting better and better and better and developing more confidence. And no matter what we ask him to do, he does it, you know, at a high level. You know, I'm sure he would like to be catching six, seven balls a game right now. But understanding how we're going to win football games, that may not happen. And he doesn't flinch. He just he comes out, you know. Gets his orders and, and goes and does them. I remember that catch. He snagged that thing. It yep. was a really impressive catch. That room obviously had a change with coaches right before the season began. How did that room handle that, and how do you feel like those guys are being taught and coached on a daily basis? I think Coach Martin's done a tremendous job. I mean, it wasn't an easy situation to come into, but it's an opportunity for Josh, and I think he's you know he's answered the call. Uh, you know, got a great football mind. His dad's a you know football coach. He's been in football his whole life. Coach with some really good, you know, football coaches at the college level. So I mean, he's prepared for the position. Uh, you know, we didn't skip a beat. I think those guys really, you know, accepted him early, and they developed a camaraderie in that room uh, and developed a nice, a nice room in there, uh, with different personalities, and and they continue to get better. And we continue to ask a lot of them. We've we've seen a lot of Nate Borkacher the last couple of years, but Luke Lindenmeyer is a guy that's really getting some significant snaps. What's the strength of his game? Uh, he's a guy that can, you know initially thought would be more of a fullback type, but he's actually turned into more of an inline blocker. He does a really nice job of blocking six techniques and nine techniques and some of our option plays and option packages that we have. So, you know, he's developed a nice little role. You know, we had a couple passes the last couple of weeks off those options that if we didn't throw the touchdown, he was completely nude. I mean, just <laughs> wide, wide open. So his time's coming to catch some balls, I'm sure, down the road. But he He's done a really nice job. Just, you know, whatever he's asked to do, he does it and does it at a high level. Coach got asked this the other day, and I'm going to ask you this, about the defenses in this conference. And I think some of it's the weather that you have to play in and week in and week out. But what you're, you're five games into conference play now. What, give me your assessment of the defenses you see week in and week out in this league. Uh, very stout, very sound, uh, disciplined. I think that they play really hard. Uh, I think they're, you know, they're, they're 
trying to put this into the proper words, they're, like you said, you're going to be put in some tough environments, maybe from the weather or a stadium standpoint. You may be on the road. These guys are built to just make you grind out drives and make you, you know, they're not going to give you anything. You got to go earn it. You got to go put eight to 10 plays together, and that's hard for any offense to do. Uh, and, you know, just the, just the quality of, like defensive line play in this league, I think, is a, at a very high level, like we were talking about with the Purdue's and the Northwesterns and all those guys at Illinois. I mean, every team's got, you know, two or three NFL defensive linemen. Uh, it seems like every team has two linebackers that are in their sixth year this year that have played, you know, unbelievable amount of football. So just they're just built, you know, they're built tough, built smart, and they play really, really hard. Yeah, Johnny Newton at Illinois is good, good football player. You talked about trying to sustain drives. How about a 15-play, 87-yard drive that took up almost nine minutes Saturday? That's perfect. If we could have about five of those a game and, and, and shorten the game to about two and a half hours, that'd be great, you know. Uh, but it was just, you know, it was the result. We talk about how can we become better on third down. We got to be, we got to be better on first down. And on that drive, we weren't. On that drive, we stunk on first down, and we converted three third downs. And the three third down conversions, uh, you know, one to Fleeks, one to Doss, and then one to Tahan. You know, we're huge for us, for our psyche, you know, just to get that accomplished, throwing the ball through the air and getting that done. I think, you know, that that was a good drive for us to, you know, allow us to have kind of take a breath and move forward, you know, with, with the rest of the game. Eight minutes and 52 seconds. My, my, that's incredible. Buckle up, folks. Put the phone down. A reminder from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. You have mentioned the name Ty Han twice tonight. Would that have surprised you six months ago that he would be having this kind of a role in this offense? Uh, yes and no. I mean, when I first got here, I mean, I, and you watched him in spring ball, you, you, I thought he would always have some role in this offense and play and be a guy that could go and give you 10 to 15 snaps maybe if needed at any position because he knew every position. I think it's cool that when his number has been called, he's answered. And, you know, anytime a ball's been in his area, he's called it. Uh, you know, he's blocking at a high level. He's playing special teams at a high level. So I'm not surprised by that, um, you know. I'm glad when I see him run on the field. You know, I'm confident that things are going to get done. And you know, even today at practice, he he made a huge play, an unbelievable play. Uh, you know, when we were competing against the defense. So I mean, he just keeps again. He's like anybody else. Human nature. You know, the more you play, the more plays you make, the more confidence you get. You're going to be better. So I'm anxious to see how he continues to grow throughout the end of the year. He had one of those catches on that third down on that long drive we were talking about earlier to keep that drive down near yep. the goal line. That was crucial. And he does things on special teams too, which that's. If you're going to play for the Huskers and this staff, you better be ready to play special teams, right? Yeah, you have to. And, uh, you know, that's the key to any great team is have your great, you know, your good players on special teams. And we're not going to set them on the sideline and play the freshmen and uh, the guys that, you know, don't play a lot on offense and defense. Like if you're, if you can help us win on that unit, you're going to be on the field. All right, time for this week's Alumni Hall Husker football alum. Since Coach Satterfield's with us tonight, handles the Husker quarterbacks, we thought we'd. Focus on a Husker quarterback alum, Tommy Armstrong. Second down and six from the 34. Armstrong in the shotgun. Gets a snap. Looks right. Now he's going to take off and run. Tommy to the 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Armstrong in there. Touchdown, Nebraska. And we're delighted to have Tommy part of our team here on the Huskers Radio Network. You'll hear him on Husker Game Day this week uh, with Ben McLaughlin. Alumni Hall is your ultimate Husker shopping experience with the largest and best selection of apparel, vault gear, and tailgate accessories. Shop their two Lincoln locations or alumnihall.com, alumni hall, 
where Huskers shop. Keep those texts coming, 402-413-2400. We're back with more of the coach coming up. Get more for what you grow with CVA for a limited time. Be entered to win a $10,000 bonus when you contract a minimum of 50,000 bushels of value-added grain at cvacoop.com. Central Valley Ag, the official co-op of Husker Nation. Coach Satterfield with us till the top of the hour. You want to be a part of it with a text, 402-413-2400. A text from down in Kansas, Colby, Kansas. Bruce, Coach, can you talk about what it has been like for you to work with Coach Rural and what are some things you've maybe have learned to help you out in the future from the coach? Uh, well, I've known Coach Rule since 2006. Wow. Uh, we were both assistants at Western Carolina at FCS school in uh, Western North Carolina. So I've known him a long time, worked with him the whole time at Temple and then at Baylor and then with the Panthers. So I've been with him a long, long time. I can finish a lot of his sentences and I know what he's thinking. He can look at me and I can say, you don't even have to yell at me. I know what, what you're thinking. I know where you're going. And I know where you're going with this. Uh, so. I, I learn every single day from him. That's his one of his superpowers. Is he not only de- you know develops players, he develops coaches, and uh, you know he he is a master at, at getting the most out of every player and every coach that he has in the organization. And it and, you know, never ceases to amaze me. Every single day, I'll learn one thing from him and just you know scratch my head like, how in the world did he know that, think of that, or mind trick me into doing that? So. He's a, he's a special special coach, special human, and, and glad to be associated with him. Greg and Elkhorn, Coach, give me your thoughts on going either, either out of the shotgun on short-yarded situations or working under center. Uh, we would love to be under center most of the time. I get the whole adage of it's third and one or fourth and one and you're five yards back, and I get all that stuff. Football's changed a little bit. Uh, the other night on fourth and two, we'd run a play that – We've been successful all year on, you know, that kind of a, a, a quarterback overload power play where we had an extra blocker and it just didn't, we didn't execute it uh, when we needed to in fourth and two. But most of the time, if it's really short, we'd love to be under center. But sometimes, you know, you, your strengths are getting in the gun and creating angles and reads and reading people. Dorothy Lynch, homestyle light and lean dressing, endless flavorabilities. Also had a, someone in the chat room wanted to get an update on Chubba Purdy. How's he doing? Doing great. Uh, you know, Chubb is awesome. One of my favorite guys in the room. Uh, again, his personality and my personality are very similar. So we have a lot of fun in the meeting room, uh, picking on Heinrich and, and those guys and picking on Jeff. So uh, he's doing well. He, you know, he keeps practicing hard. And at some point, you know, like I've told all three of them, we're going to need all of the guys in this room to help us win a game at some point this year. So stay locked in and stay, you know, stay ready. Keep learning and be ready to roll. Coach has said several times during the fall that he'd have no problem putting Chubb into a tight situation and feels like he could be successful. I agree. If you said, hey, Chubb is going in, I wouldn't flinch. Would not think twice about it. Then a question, Coach, are you going to be up in the booth again this week? For sure. Yeah. Until the foreseeable, unforeseen future or whatever, I'm going to be in the booth. So it's you and Coach McGuire up, upstairs, the yep. two of you. Um, and then Coach Rayola, Coach Barthel, and Coach... Who else is down? Coach Martin. Coach Martin are down. Yep. They're all three down. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. Michigan State, we haven't talked much about the Spartans. Uh, let's talk about this team that has not yet won a league game. They've been in position to win some games. They had a lead in the fourth quarter at Rutgers, couldn't hang on. I think they led in Iowa City fairly late and could not hang on. What about the challenge you face on Saturday? Uh, like any, you know, any this time of year in this, you know, a league like the Big Ten, like it, it's never going to be easy. You know, no matter who you're going to play or where you're going to play, home or away, it's always going to be a tough matchup. 
Uh, you watch these guys. If you just watch cut-ups, you know, like we do a lot of times, you wonder, like, you wonder how they're not, you know, six and two right now. Uh, you, the scoreboard will flash, and they're up by two touchdowns. They're up by a touchdown. They're, uh, you know, they're physically, you know, handling the opponent at the time. And it's, it's hard to imagine that they've not won more games. Uh, but they're very, very, very tough defense. Like we were talking at the break, like you know, their strength is their D line. Uh, it's not as much edge D-line as it is interior D-line that we got to be, you know, aware of where certain people are at all times, especially on third downs. Uh, very active. They have a linebacker that's played for like five years. Uh, and, you know, he, he makes a lot of plays. May not be flashy, but has an unbelievable nose for the football, makes a lot of tackles. You know, it's one of those guys, if the ball gets deflected, he intercepts it. He's always in the right place. So it's going to be a challenge, you know, going up there and just, uh, you know, we have, we have small goals. In, in mind, and that is, you know, number one, take care of the football, run the football, and win third downs, and those are those are three things that we're going to focus on and, and take with us on the trip to see if we can get it done. Have you been a part of a situation not exactly like theirs, but where the head coach has already been dismissed and kind of a, a lame duck staff? Obviously, your football team that you inherited here went through that last year for Nebraska football. Have you been a part of that, and how challenging do you think that has been for that staff to? Kind of try to hold things together. Uh, never personally been involved in anything like that. I can't imagine how hard it would be in today's world. Like maybe in 1985, the kids were still playing for the, you know, playing for the good of the, the program, and just you know, they look beyond that and play for whatever. But in today's world, like with all the different things pulling these kids away and all the information that they hear, you know, uh, it's, just, it's hard to keep them focused. And I can't imagine like trying to do that. Uh, with a with a staff that you know they don't know early on if that's going to be their coaches moving forward, and then eventually knowing it's not going to be their coaches, like you know to have the discipline to listen to them, and I, I bet it would be hard. I don't never been a part of it. Hope you're not. Yeah, me too. Yeah, um, you, you played a Northwestern team two weeks ago in a similar situation, and there's no way you question their fight because they certainly fought hard here, and then they go beat Maryland last week. Do you see indications at all that Michigan State's Given up? Are they still fighting hard? What does what the tape show when you watch them play? I, I don't think they they show no signs of giving up. I don't watch anything that they do offensively. It's just defensively. They play so hard. And those, those guys up front, you had a great pass rush. Linebackers run to the football. Uh, you know, got a couple DBs with some, you know, some, some interceptions, instinctual players. You can see, you can tell just watching them play that, you know, that they're, they're, they're very creative and they use their instincts when they're playing on third down, just the angles that they create. It's pretty cool to watch. So uh, I don't think they're going to give up, you know, and I hope they don't. We want to go play the best Michigan State team that they got. Do you learn more watching them play somebody you've already played or not? I mean, they played Minnesota. They played Minnesota last week. We played them. They played Michigan two weeks ago. We played them. Does it matter when you go study to to see them play somebody you have faced or not? Not really, no. I would love to. I'd love to say yes and, and give you a nice little answer on that, but not no. really. It's just, you know, the next week, the next opponent, nameless, faceless opponents, and just watch the tape, see what they do, and, and try to figure out a way to attack it. Very good. Hey, Woodhouse Auto Family is your trusted auto partner. Twenty brands, twenty convenient sales and service locations. We're making car buying on your terms. Visit us online at woodhouse.com. Back with some final thoughts from the coach coming up next. We're back inside of our Huskers Radio Network Broadcast Center, sponsored by Acres, the Midwest premier John Deere dealer, supplying the equipment and service to advance agriculture and much more Acres solutions for every field. Happy Halloween to everybody out there tonight. If you're out trick-or-treating right now, be safe. 
it's getting dark, so uh, be careful with those little trick-or-treaters running around the neighborhood. Coach, got a question about how much misdirection do we have in our run game? Is that something that you consciously think about trying to get early on in games to do some of that? Oh, I think we have a lot. You know, you see a lot of the jet motions and, uh, you know, the – that you see uh, on Sundays, but we utilize a lot of Coach Earl is masterful at creating, you know, different different box counts and different angles on linebackers by you know utilizing the motions and stuff. So uh, we rely on that pretty heavily, and hopefully we we continue to do so. It kind of opens up things, you know, when you had Billy uh, a couple weeks ago. There's like two games in a row off of jet sweeps and stuff that we handed him the ball and scored touchdowns. So. That's a that's something that obviously is very everybody uses it and it's great and we got to continue to use it as well. Somebody in the chat wanted to know if there's if there's some certain NFL offense you like to watch and maybe steal some things from. I mean, I love watching the NFL. It's it's unbelievable. I love watching it every Sunday. You know, just there's about six or seven different families of offenses in the NFL. I love all of them. You can pull something from everybody. You know, obviously when they're on fire, I love watching you know McVay and those guys with the Rams. I think they do. You know, Shanahan with the 49ers run game. I think is unbelievable what he does in the run game. And now having Chuba and you know and Brock. Like I've never gotten to speak to Brock. I keep asking, can I please talk to Brock and ask him questions, and he won't let me. Uh, but you know, I like those two guys. Love watching those offenses. Very good. All right, uh, Huskers heading on the road. Your last road game was a good one, the one at Illinois. Coach Rural, I think, really relishes the ability to go on the road and go win football games. How big of a challenge is it for you, and how much do you get a kick out of heading down the road? Uh, it's it's great to you know it's great to play here in Memorial, and and it's also fun to get away and, and you're kind of just you and the guys, right? And you get to the hotel, you eat, you're you're together. Uh, in a time where you don't get to do a lot of face-to-face stuff like that, you're together with your with your team and with your players and with your coaches, and you go to a movie, and you watch movies, and you come back and you make fun of the movie and you talk about it and you eat us, you know, eat some ice cream and go up and you, you hang out in some coaches' rooms and just you know watch the game that's on that night, get get a good night's sleep for the first time of the week, wake up and go play a game, and it's it's kind of fun to be on the road and kind of get away and you know there's not many distractions out there. You put a lot of work in to get to November to have big games on the line. And this team has been able to do that. Four-way tie for first in the Big Ten West right now. There's going to be more and more tension with each passing week that goes by. How do you try to tell the guys, this? just keep focusing on what's the next game up for us? How big a challenge is that? Yeah, I think that, again, that's Coach Rule. That's his, one of his, his superpowers is we literally – there's times where you you forget who in the world you're playing. Like, I mean, it's just we are a what's next organization, and a lot of people say that, but we live it. You know, it's just what can we do to have the best Tuesday practice? What can we do to have the best Tuesday afternoon meetings? What can we do to have the best Wednesday night practice? Like, we literally operate like that, and I think that's a key, you know, just to maintain the focus of what's important, of making sure we're our best us before we get on that plane on Friday. Uh, but, you know, like you said, that's – that's all. That's awesome that you you have something to play for this time of the year, you know, and it keeps the focus there. But our guys are, are locked in to just, you know, we have practice tomorrow night. It's third downs. How can we, how can we try to beat the defense on third downs? You know, when we do team compete to start practice. Where did where did you say you like to be third down percentage wise? Mid forties? Yeah, like forty two to forty five. Okay. If you're elite, you're probably you know in the upper forties, maybe even fifty. And you, I think you did that last week. Uh, we were, were close. close. We were like 43%, I yeah. believe, last week. Getting better. Chip check, away at it. Check that box. No doubt about it. Yeah. 
All right, well, have a good week of practice. I think it is going to warm up a little bit. I know you guys were really chilly out there today, but you're going to plan this stuff, so you got to practice in it, right? You can't, you can't just go inside all the time. No, we were out there all day today. We didn't go inside one time, so you know, we got some great work in the cold weather and the quarterbacks, receivers, and the ball handling with the running backs, so that was good for us. Were you in shorts? I was not in shorts. You were that not. Was, uh, Coach Rule was in shorts. Crazy man. Yep. Coach, we appreciate it. Thanks thank for you. coming in. Happy Halloween. All right, thank you. Coach Marcus Satterfield with us here on our Husker Football Radio. Our Huskers will take on the Michigan State Spartans on Saturday. 11 o'clock kickoff will be on the air with Husker Game Day at 7 a.m.